right. Let's open our Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. We're going to read the first uh, 16 verses of chapter 2. It contains probably the, one of the best Christological or about Jesus passages in the entire New Testament. But it really tells us how we, as God family, are supposed to act. So let's look at it. Philippians 2 verse 1. Therefore, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bondservant, and coming in the likeness of men. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled Himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross. Therefore, God has also highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name. Y'all should have said hallelujah. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those on heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. Here we go. Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. Do all things without complaining and disputing that you may become blameless and harmless children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in a dark world, holding fast the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, having not run in vain or labored in vain. Let's pray. Father, thank you for a good Sunday morning crowd. Thank you, Father, for the Sunday school hour. Thank you for the music. Thank you for your word. But most of all, thank you that you're here in our midst. Lord, remove anything from our hearts and minds that keep you from moving fully and speaking to us. Give us ears to hear and minds to understand and hearts to obey you this morning. Especially, Father, speak to those who have never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Lord and Savior publicly, that today would be the day they would do that. Meet us at our greatest point of need this morning, Lord. And when we leave this place, we'll say, oh, it was so good to be in the Lord's house. And we will give you the glory that is only due to you. For it's in Jesus' precious name I pray these things. Amen. Now, I've shared before with you that uh, I went to Washtenaw Baptist. I was late getting the mission, and we was down there touring the college, and my uncle uh, 
in Hot Springs had arranged for me a, a job interview, and I got the job that day. So as soon as I showed up for college, I had a full-time job. It was washing dishes at the holiday, what used to be the Holiday Inn down there. And uh, I didn't think much about it. Uh, what sold me on it, being a college student, I'd had a full-time job to pay off my bills, and they fed me all I could eat because they had a buffet. You, you get that, right? I walked in that first Saturday morning, and they had left a mess of dishes, dirty and grimy and dried and caked, and so I just began to wash them, grumbling under my voice about the guy who was supposed to have washed them the night before. And I'm getting that and doing it and getting ready to send them to the washer, and by that time, whack! And I thought, what in the world? I looked down there where the plates were, and there's a biscuit, but it's frozen. And it felt like it split my my ear open. It hurt. And I turned around and look, and there's LT. Now, LT's about this tall and about that wide. And she's black. And she said to me words I'll never forget. Boy, what do you mean coming in here not saying hi to any of us? Just because we're black don't mean you don't talk to us. Not only that, she went on and said, how can you be God's man if you don't love God's children? Do you not realize that I'm God's child too? And she gave me a lecture for about 10 minutes, and I apologized, went back to work, and from that day for the next four years, I made sure I said hi to everybody when I walked in the kitchen. But what that taught me in those four years was this. Christians should always treat each other with agape love. Christians should always treat each other with agape love. Now, Paul goes on to who Jesus is here, but he gives us at least three things that are to be in our lives that we're to do that prove we belong to Jesus. Did you get that? Three actions that should be a part of a Christian's life. And so, we're going to look at those. First of all, in verses 1 through 4, there is the conduct that we are encouraged towards. In other words, there's a conduct for a Christian that we're to move towards. He starts off, Therefore, if there's any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in loneliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. Let each of you look out not for, only for his own interest, but also for the interest of others. See, there's a conduct that we're encouraged toward. Verse 1 tells me, that it flows from a personal relationship with Christ. In other words, a relationship with Christ is the key to this conduct. It flows out of that. When it says if, if there's any consolation, the word consolation there means encouragement. If any comfort of love is a picture of Jesus wrapping his arms around his kids and whispering, come on, we've got this. If any fellowship of the Spirit you realize if you don't have the Holy Spirit within you, you're not God's child. Romans 8 tells us that. If you don't have the Spirit of God, you're not of God. We get it at the moment of salvation. 
get him, I should say. If there's any affection of mercy. Okay, and affection of mercy means to take care of one another. It's God's attitude towards his kids. He's merciful towards us. Those ifs are all a little bitty uh, word in the Greek, D-E-I, and it means since. Because the way it's constructed, it means all these things are true. There is consolation. There is mercy. There is love. And it's based on our relationship to Jesus Christ. But verse 2 tells me it results in unity. He says basically the same thing in three ways in verse 2. Be like-minded. Means to think the same. Uh, uh, Having the same love. The love of Christ. Being one accord means unity. And being of one mind means that we're not constantly fighting with one another. It means unity. That's the result of being in Christ. And then he goes on to say respect one another. In verses 3 and 4. Because he lists things that we're not supposed to do. You see he says don't do it through selfish ambition or conceit. But do it with lowliness of mind. Esteem others better than themselves. Look out not only for your own interest, but for the interest of others. What he's saying is, brothers and sisters, we're to walk in humbleness towards one another. Humbleness is not something that our society looks on uh, with pleasure or as a virtue. They look at it as weakness. But Jesus Christ, the Lord of Lords, the King of Kings, was a perfect example of humility. And we are to follow his example. See, we need to remember the things that he told us. In Luke chapter 9, verses 23 and 24, he said these words. Then he said to them all, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, and follow after me. Verse 24, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it. Whoever loses his life will save it for my sake and the kingdom's. Do we understand that we are to experience these things because it enhances the joy of Christ and the unity of believers in God's church? You see, it's sort of like the father who was teaching his son a lesson and he had a Big bundle of sticks. He said, break these. The kid tried to break them, hurt his knee, tried to stomp on them on a rock. Nothing would break. He said, now let me show you something. He untied the string, took the things out, and very easily the son could break all the sticks. He said, always remember unity is the key. He said, by yourself, you're going to fall. With other Christians, unified in God's Holy Spirit, you're going to win. See, unity or lack of unity in a church is a bad deal for the world sees it. Okay? We need to understand that's where fights come from. That's where all these bad things come from that we hear about churches. It's why so many uh, of our young people are turned off. They've seen uh, a bunch of folks who are very Pharisaic and legalistic, and they don't like it. And not only that, they've seen how they attack one another because there's no unity. They're not like-minded. They don't think the same. You know, it's always amazed me as a pastor, not in this church, fortunately. But after 33 years of being a pastor, Baptists will fight about the strangest things. I had one particular church. 
Somebody gave the money to put new carpet throughout the church. Now, I was happy because one Sunday school, school room had red shag carpet. Another one had green shag carpet. Another one had carpet similar to this. You, you get the hint, all different color rooms. It looked like a circus. And I was so happy when we were across the church thing. The fight broke out into who was going to be on the committee to pick the carpet color and what kind. Now, I want you to understand that in that little town, we'd been witnessing, I'd been witnessing to these people that didn't come to church. Loss is a goose, anywhere from 60 to 80, okay? And there were 10 of them. And when the, you know, it wasn't just enough to fight in business meeting, they had to take it outside, on the parking lot, in the homes, on the phone lines. Not a one of those people came to Christ while I was there. You see, we're supposed to have a conduct to be like Jesus. And we need to ask, are we here to serve or be served? There's a vast difference. I like it my way. We all like it our way. But it's supposed to be Christ's way in the church. Well, I don't like, don't care. It's supposed to be Christ's way in the church. You get the hint? Unity. Let's go on. I'm going to beat it to death. Elizabeth's giving me the eyeball over here. The second thing in verses 12 through 16, the commendation, which means praise, with which we are enlivened. In other words, where we get our joy, get our energy. There's a commendation here, and it's based on Jesus. Uh, you, you see, verse 12 tells us it's based, it's, it's based on obedience, because that's what it says. It says... Therefore, my beloved, as you've always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more. I think I skipped one, didn't I? Okay, back up. Second one is the command, which we're entrusted. <laughs> Verse 5, the emulation. Emulation means to imitate. Well, why didn't you just say imitate? Because I needed an E there. Alliteration helps you remember a few things. The emulation is to be like Jesus. We're to imitate Him. What did he say in verse 5? Let this mind be in you, which is also in Christ Jesus. What mind? He tells us in other scriptures the mind of Christ. Matthew 5, 48. Therefore you shall be perfect, just as your Father in heaven is perfect. Are you going to achieve perfection here? No, but that gives you no excuse not to try. It gives me no excuse not to strive after that. 1 Peter 2, 21 and 22 says, For to this you were called. Because Christ also suffered for us, leaving us example that you should also follow his steps, who committed no sin, nor was a deceit found in his mouth. Get off this kick of American Christianity that if you just have enough faith, if you just say the right words, that everything's perfect in your life, that God will bless you abundantly if you'll just sow the right things. I want to tell you something. Jesus said, in this world we'll have trouble, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. We need to understand that there's a false gospel going around that if you're truly a believer, you don't suffer. Did Jesus suffer while he was here? Yes, he did. Don't let these fire trials surprise you. I'm going to say it another way. The devil has to get his licks in now because there's coming a day he can't touch us. And sometimes we go through those things so that God can test our faith. Sometimes so he can purify us. 
the other things so we can learn that he is faithful. But see, we're to, the basis is obedience. Be obedient. Jesus was. Verse uh, 6 through 8, there was an emptying. Now, these verses talk about this. You have this mind in Christ Jesus, then he explains it. Who being in the form of God. Form there means not just a likeness, but means exact representation. He is God. Did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. Why? Because he was equal with God. But let me tell you something. When he came as a man, when he came as a man, fully human, fully God, you notice he always did bring glory to the Father. He did not steal it for himself. He did not rob God of the glory. In all the miracles, in all that he did, there are people, not in our church, they want everybody to know what they did in church. They want everybody to know who did it. And Jesus said, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. He also says that those who proclaim that have their reward in full. In other words, that's it. You don't get a reward from God. Let's go on. So, we understand that that mind of Christ is the form of God. Did not consider it to be uh, robbery. But made himself of no reputation, taking on the form of a bond ser- servant. So, made himself of no reputation is an interesting Greek word. It means to empty yourself. Now, let's talk about that for just a moment. Just slow down. He's still fully God, but he's fully human. So, the limitations we see is his humanity. Everybody understands that. Go like this. To empty doesn't mean he emptied himself of God. It means he emptied himself of all the privileges that he was entitled to. It's a picture of he's leaving heaven and all the angelic worship and all that he had, all the privileges of the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. He takes all that and sets it aside for a time so he could accomplish our salvation. It means to do what's best for somebody else. And that's what he did. It wasn't a pleasant thing to walk among sinners when you were holy, holy, holy. It wasn't a pleasant thing uh, to be called all kinds of vile names when the angels whispered your name in reverence. It wasn't a pleasant thing to be beat upon and, and hung on a cross. But he did that. He said all those Privileges of King of Kings and Lord of Lords aside, he emptied himself to save us. And that sets the example that it's not our way, it's God's way. It sets the example that even though we have a right to claim this or a right to claim that or this is mine or that's mine, we set aside those For the sake of Christ. Do we understand that? Verses 9 through 11 gives us the exaltation. This should give you goosebumps. Because he became obedient even to death on the cross. Therefore God has also highly exalted him. Giving him a name which is above every name. That at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow at those on heaven and those on earth and those under the earth. And that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of the Father. 
All this stuff of them trying to stamp out the name of Jesus. All these who try to claim he's not God. All those who bring shame upon his name. All those who make fun of us. One day, even unwillingly, they will bow before King Jesus. And their tongue will confess, you are truly Lord. Not in salvation, but in condemnation that they refused. And those of us that already accepted Christ will raise our hands and say, Amen. Amen, amen. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. See, the command that is set before us is simple. Be like Jesus. Have you noticed when we try to be like Jesus that some of the things that we think are different? Some of the actions we do are different? If you were to go to Algiers, there's a name at an old prison inscribed. And it says Devereux Sprout. Sprat. Devereux Sprat. And it's dated 1641. What's so important about that, Brother Gary? Devereux Sprat was an Englishman. He was sailing on an English vessel. And the pirates in that area in Algiers... Took over the ship, sailed him to Algiers, put 120 Englishmen in that prison. Hard, forced labor. And that day, your folks would have to ransom you to get you out of that prison. While he was there, he prayed that God would give him grace and that he'd be able to hang out or hold on. While he worked those back-breaking hours of lifting those stones and making the fortifications around the prison greater so that if the English tried to attack, they couldn't get through. While he was there, because he saw hopelessness, he began to share with them the words of Christ that they would have hope in the next life, if not in this one. And people began to get saved around him. Pretty soon he had a pretty good little band around him. And he would share the scriptures that he knew. And they would talk about what it meant and how it would be one day. Well, after two or three years, his brother finally raised enough money and paid for his ransom. And the word came to that prison, you're going to be ransomed. Get ready. You're leaving. His little band of prisoners were so happy for him. And pat him on the back. And tears went down their eyes. And they said, the only thing we're going to miss is that you are our encouragement. You are our disciple. You are our pastor here. Devereux Spratt refused to leave. Devereux Spratt spent the rest of his life in that prison doing hard labor, ministering to those folks in the name of Jesus until he died and was buried outside the prison. And therefore, there's that little plaque that says Devereux Spratt, 1641. He emptied himself. He acted like Jesus, and he's remembered to this day for that. Again, ask yourself these questions. Do I think the church is supposed to serve me? Do I want recognition or notoriety? Do we want God's name to be glorified? The biggest one is this. If you had to answer this question, answer it to yourself. What sacrifice is too great for Jesus? Shouldn't be this quiet in here. Now let's go to the commendation or the praise. I'm finally back on track. Verses 12 through 16. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, now not in my presence only, but 
Now much more my, my absence. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling, for it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Do all things, notice, without complaining and disputing, that you may become blameless and harmless, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked, perverse generation among whom you shine as lights in the world. Holding steadfast the word of life that I may rejoice in the day of Christ that I have not run in vain or labored in vain. What is the praise of this? It's based in obedience. You see, he said, you've always obeyed me until now. Now more in my absence, I'm not with you. Be obedient. Folks, do you understand that if we can't obey God, we better check why? If we don't have a desire to obey, oh God, why? Why don't we have that desire? See, obedience is one of the foundational principles of Christianity. When you read in his word and say, I don't like that, it doesn't matter. We're supposed to obey that. It's also born of God. You see? What do I mean by born of God? In verse 13, he says it this way. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. See, there are certain things that we do to work out our own salvation. You say, I can't save myself. No, but your work proves that you're saved. And you work it out by looking at the scripture, make sure you're in Christ. And then he says, it's born of God because God works in you to will and do his good pleasure. In other places, he says, he who began a good work in you will complete it to the day of Christ. And by it, blamelessness is accomplished. You'll be blameless, shining as lights in a dark world. But you see, he tells us how we do that. He really did. Did you catch it? Church, don't go to sleep on me. Do all things, in verse 14, without complaining and disputing. Evidently, they hadn't heard of Baptist churches yet. You know, we laugh it off and say, oh, you can't please everybody. Well, that's the truth. But you know something? There shouldn't be a bunch of complaining and bitterness and disputing going on. He said, be blameless and harmless children. You see, complaining and grumbling are sins. Complaining and grumbling have no place in the church. Let's understand how this works. Brother Gary, it's too hot in church. I can't tell you to take off any more clothes. You got enough off. Brother Gary, it's too cold in church. Put on a big coat. Brother Gary, the sound's too loud. Brother Gary, the sound's not loud enough. Uh, Brother Gary, they left the door open. Brother Gary, they left the lights on. Brother Gary, do you not understand that that's costing, costing us money? Turn the light off. Get somebody with a key and don't bother me before sermon. I forget what you tell me before I preach. Elizabeth says I forget it after too, but I definitely do before. I'm going to give you a hint on how to like church. Are you ready? Church is just like a bank. The more you put into it, the more you get out of it. My mom used to say that to me. She'd say, I'd say, 
I don't like my Sunday school teacher. You're not putting enough into it. She made sure I'd read my lesson, and it got better. I don't like my RA teacher, Royal Ambassador's Admission thing. Gary, you only get out of it what you put into it. Well, I don't like the preacher. Well, don't tell him that, but you only get out of it what you put into it. Why don't you take notes? Why don't you pay attention? As a matter of fact, you can't sit by your friends anymore. You're going to sit by me. As a 14-year-old, that was the kiss of death. Because if I wasn't paying attention, my mama would reach underneath there and just piece the fire out of me. You see, too many of us handle church like the guy who was marooned on a desert island. He was there 10 years before they found him. Okay? And when they finally found him, he began to show them the different... You know, his place where he lived and his place where he caught fish. And and they noticed three other buildings. What are those? Oh, those are churches. You got three churches here? Yeah. Started the first one, didn't like the people in it, so I moved to the second one. Started the second one, they were worse than the first one, so I finally found a church I could like. Now remember, he's alone on the island. He was a Baptist. Any Baptist has three opinions. They're all different. Let me tell you about opinions. Everybody has at least two. They're like armpits, and most of the time they stink. Boy, that is rude, Brother Gary. If you don't have the mind of Christ, if I don't have the mind of Christ, that's what our attitudes are like to God. If you see some things wrong with the church, I'll be very humble. You can come talk to me, and I'll be very gentle. and We'll pray about it. If it's something that we can do better, we'll do it. If it's something that can't be done, I'll tell you we're not going to do it. Okay? I'll make that agreement with you. But don't spread it around the community. Don't get on the phone and gripe about it. Don't let others know that you don't love your church. Well, I do love my church, but this needs to be better. If you love your church, get involved and it'll get better. few of them are catching on. Folks, this is not this is not to downgrade Gasville Baptist Church. Jesus loves Gasville Baptist Church. I love you. But I want us to be the exact best we can be for Jesus. And these actions out of Philippians 2 will make us the church that God needs us to be. Because as much as I love you, I'm not perfect. Y'all should have said a big amen. (laughs) And as good as you are, you're not perfect either. You're close. As a matter of fact, to me, you're the best church going. So what do we do with a message like this? There are some that you have no idea what I'm talking about. You've never accepted Jesus Christ publicly as your Lord and Savior. You've never humbled yourself before Jesus to confess Him as Lord and Savior. And you need to do that today before it's everlastingly too late. Because if you don't do it in this life, there's not hope for the next life. But you will do it one day and still Go to hell because it wasn't done in faith in this life. There's some that need to come and join the work here.
You've been coming. We like you coming. You need to join by baptism or letter or statement how we receive members. Some need to come and say, you know, I can't do much. I'm not talking about you that are so overburdened that one more job is going to send you to the loony bin. I'm talking about those who don't think they have a gift, but you can, you can use it in some small way, like riding that bus or, or a prayer warrior. or We've got other little jobs that you can do. And you need to surrender to service. And some did not hear this message because you're so burdened right now. You're burdened beyond belief and you need to just turn your burdens loose and let Jesus, as he said, encourage you and love on you. But remember 1 Peter 5, 7, one of my favorite verses. Cast your cares upon him because he cares for you. But I began to study that recently because it's always been one of my favorite verses. It says, cast all your care or none of your care. Because he wants it all. So what decision do you need to make? I'm going to pray. Then we're going to stand. Brother Ronnie is going to lead us in a hymn of invitation. You come as God wants you to come. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the challenge of your word. I thank you for this good group that is assembled this morning to worship you. Lord, thank you for all you do in our church and do for us. Thank you for the good people you've placed here. Lord, help us to continue to grow in Christ and be a light in the darkness. But Lord, whatever decisions we need to make to be the best we can be for you, we want to make that. And so, Lord, you have your way with your people right now because they are your people. I have no doubt about that. And, Father, bless us in our decisions. Give us courage in Christ's name. Amen.